Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Monica, host of From Heartbreak to Healed. I'm a life coach for women. I'm a wife, a mama, a granny, and a Christian. I help women turn their heartbreak into joy. After walking my own infidelity journey, it has become my passion to help guide you on your journey. This podcast is for the woman who is ready to heal her heartbreak and find joy on the other side. Let's get started. All right, we're back for another episode. And I just want to say thank you for being here, especially if you've stuck around now on those first seven episodes as I kind of bumble my way through um, figuring out how to be a podcaster. So I just wanted to say I so appreciate you being here. I've gotten a lot of good feedback and it just warms my heart. So thank you. Today, I want to talk five things not to do after the affair. And I think that some of these I did well, some of them I probably, I didn't do so well, and maybe I wish I would have. So I want to share these with you, number one, to prevent some heartache and frustration and disappointment for yourself, but also just as a reminder of like who you get to be in this journey and you get to decide how you show up, um, the kind of person that you want to be during this journey. So five things not to do after the affair. The first one that I thought of was one that's probably easier said than done, obsess over the other person. It's easier to obsess over the other person and the relationship than it is to not obsess. And so I just want to give you like a couple things to keep in the back of your mind when you feel yourself slipping into this place of, I wonder what they are like. I wonder who they are. You know, if your partner has left you for them, that, you know, when you your mind starts to slip into that, I wonder what they're doing right now. Couple things. Number one, don't ask your friends to check up on them. Don't ask your friends to Facebook stalk them or search them out on social media because you've got to remember, number one, social media is where people go to put just only the things they want people to know about themselves. And there's nothing in doing that that's going to help you heal. There's nothing in doing that that's going to make you feel good about yourself. There's nothing in doing that that's going to help you show up as the best parent for your kids. So don't ask your friends to check up on them. On that same note, don't get on social media and stalk the person. Don't go looking at past pictures because you're going to find pictures that break your heart. I promise you. Ask me how I know. So just don't do it. Resist the urge. Find, you know, that thought that you can have in your mind or that whatever it is that can help you to stop yourself because your your inclination is going to be to just automatically do that. But when you can figure out how to stop yourself from doing that and focus on your healing, then you're going to get a better transformation and your healing is going to happen faster. The next one is don't lay in bed and imagine 
about them. Don't imagine what they're doing with your spouse or your partner. Don't imagine what they're like, because I'm telling you, your mind will create a person that isn't actually who they are. Your mind will want you to believe that they are amazing and perfect and flawless, and they're just a human being too, with all the same imperfections that you have. So don't make them out to be something greater than they are, because none of that is for your good. And we're all about things that are for your good over here. So don't obsess over the other person. Number two, don't tell everyone the sins of your partner. Don't blast it all over Facebook. Don't talk about the partner in front of your children. I'm a firm believer in keeping that out of your children's lives for as long as possible. I read something once that said, never tell your family about the troubles in your marriage because they are less likely to forgive than you are. And in the article, it basically said like, it may have just been a little like fight that you and your spouse had, and you may rant to your mom or your sister. They're going to hold on to that for way longer than you and your husband. You and your husband or your spouse or whatever may make up, make amends, whatever, but your family is still going to have a hard time with that one. So I want you to just think about what it is you want to share with your family. Be purposeful in what you share. You know, I know you're hurting, but I also know that there are parts of the story that don't need to be shared. And when you blast your partner, it's a reflection of you. And you get to decide the kind of person you are in this heartbreak. And for me, I always wanted to be the person who took the high road. So don't tell everyone the sins of your partner. Number three, don't blame yourself. There's a difference between blaming yourself and taking some ownership in how you could have been a better spouse. I can take 100% ownership of the ways that I am a much better spouse to my current husband than I was to my first husband. But I know with 100% certainty that there's nothing I could have done to have prevented what took place in my marriage because the infidelity in my marriage wasn't about me. It was about them and their broken parts. And that's their own journey, healing journey, suffering journey, whatever it may be that they have to take. So take ownership of how you didn't show up in the marriage in the best way, but do not blame yourself because it's never about you. Because you got to remember, at one time, you were the person they wanted to spend the rest of their life with. And it's not because you just completely changed. Might be because they changed. All right, number four. 
and please, for the love of God, follow this one. Do not sleep around or make life-altering decisions in the midst of your grief. I watched this unfold in other people's lives, and it just broke my heart. There's no rebound sex or rebound relationship that will heal your pain. What heals your pain is time and the willingness to sit in the pain and feel it so you can move on from it. Sometimes I think when people jump into the next relationship really fast, it's their way of buffering from feeling the pain. Well, let me go over here and feel happy because then I don't have to feel the pain of this. But guess what? That pain, if you don't feel it, it just keeps coming back. And it will haunt you forever until you are willing to sit with it until it subsides. If you haven't healed the baggage from your broken relationship, you're going to just take it with you to the next one. So take time for you. Take time to heal from all of this. Take time to heal your baggage. Make your baggage a little bit lighter so that when you show up in the next relationship, you are the best version of you that you know how to be. Because you deserve that and they deserve that. So please don't sleep around and make life-altering decisions. And the fifth one is so important. Do not think that you can recover on your own. There is trauma in infidelity. And I don't love to use that word often. I think it gets thrown around really easily. But there is trauma in infidelity. There is also grieving. And you have to go through the stages of grief when you are experiencing infidelity or a divorce. Getting divorced ranks among one of the top stressors in life. And so you're going to need some support. And I've already done a whole podcast on how to support yourself. But don't think that you can just get by on your own. You need somebody to talk to. So I encourage you to get yourself a coach, get yourself a therapist, somebody who can help you because they're also going to help you do those four previous things or not do those four previous things. They're going to show you how to not blame yourself. They're going to help you to see how obsessing over the other person is only hurting you, not them. So I encourage you to find your support system in this journey. So those are the five things that I found to be the most helpful things to avoid in my healing journey. Stop obsessing over the other person. Don't tell everyone the sins of your partner. Stop blaming yourself. Don't sleep around and make life-altering decisions while you're in the midst of your grief and heartache. And get yourself help on your recovery journey. And I promise you that none of those things, if you choose 
to not do what I said, you won't regret any of that. So I encourage you to take the high road, to always be the bigger person, to choose your words really, really wisely. I did some things that I would do differently, but there were so many things I did on my divorce journey and my infidelity journey that I did right, that I'm proud of, that when my children ask me questions, I can be proud of the answers I gave. My husband and I did not live together before we got married, this second marriage. And it could have been, it would have been really easy to just move move in together. He actually lived at his parents' house for a week before our marriage because we had sold our houses and combined houses. And part of the reason I did that was my faith. I mean, that was a huge part of it is my faith. But secondly, I wanted to be able to be proud of the answers I gave my children when they asked questions. And I had teenagers, so I think that makes a big difference. But still, kids are watching. Kids are watching our every move, our every action. And if you don't have children, then, you know, I still would make all the same suggestions to you on what not to do. But especially if you have children, they're already going through their own trauma and grief. Don't exacerbate it with your behaviors too. Okay, so there you go. Five things not to do after the affair. I hope you will take these to heart and really think about them and decide if these are the right things for you not to do as well. All right, thanks for listening. That wraps up today's episode. I would love for you to leave a rating with a review. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the other ways that you can hang out with me. If you're looking for more one-on-one help in your healing journey, I'm opening a few more spots for coaching. You'll get 12 weeks of one-on-one coaching with me specific to your needs. You will also get a copy of my Joy Creator Journal, which is literally worth its weight in gold. Fill out the interest form in the show notes and I'll be in touch. Let's get you on the path to creating massive amounts of joy. Much love, Monica. And remember, joy comes in the morning.